Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of the PreparedX podcast. I'm your host, Rob Burton. And just before we get started today, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the International Crisis Management Conference. The conference this year is going to be online due to the ongoing issues around the pandemic. So the um, dates are October 27th through 29th. Uh, we have three speakers each day. Um, and this is again a virtual event. So if you go to crisisconferences.com uh, for more details, you'll find out more about the conference there. So we look forward to seeing you in October. So today I'm joined by Tamrin Alden, who is a communications and marketing consultant. I came across uh, Tamrin recently uh, via LinkedIn uh, through various different stories and the work that she's doing. And uh, welcome, Tamrin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. Before we get started, could you let our audience know a little bit more about yourself and your career so far? Sure, absolutely. So I started 17 years ago. I was actually thinking about the same like me on it's already going to be <laughs> 17 years in October um, that I have been involved in variations of community relations, um, communications, and public relations um, for mostly in a capacity of local government um, for city organizations and also in a law enforcement capacity. So those have been kind of the primary focus areas of my career. Um, I did that up until January, January of this year. And then I also at the same time for the last three years was doing double duty and was also running a business doing teaching, consulting, and digital marketing. Um, focused on public safety and government. So um, fortunately, I was in a position as of this early this year to be able to just do my business full time. So um, that's kind of my focus right now. Nice. You, you've jumped straight into it. That's great. Yes. Yeah. I'm very lucky. And, you know, it was a scary time to do it with everything that's going on, but it's, it's working out. So I'm very, very grateful. Sure. Well, speaking from a little bit of experience in starting two businesses, um, you know, that, you know, I don't believe it's ever a great time. So um, true. Yeah. <laughs> if you wait for the stars to line up, it's yeah. never going to happen, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, let's get on with it because I'm excited um, that you've joined us today. And um, you know, one of your specialties is online communications, which is obviously essential, right, in, in today's world. Um, it, it seems like some organizations still don't understand the benefits of having. A strategy around your online communications. Um, can you explain uh, why it's essential to have one? Well, I think that, you know, communications is kind of one of those fields or those specialty areas. Um, it, it's kind of like the bastard child, right? Like um, people don't pay attention. They don't invest time and resources and funding. They don't invest equipment and training. And it's almost like emergency preparedness. People don't want to worry about emergency preparedness until you know a big earthquake or some right. sort of a disaster happens and then they're like oh yeah let's do a disaster preparedness planning kit <laughs> yeah. and 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 i feel like the the field of communications it's kind of that same way it's not until you're in a crisis communication situation like we have been for the past several months that people realize the importance of it so we sit here and we you know we preach and teach you know we can um 
prevent some of these situations um, where we're being, where we're stuck, where we're overwhelmed, where we don't know what to do. But I think that we still have a ways to go. And that until you really realize the need for it and invest in it, um, sometimes it takes one of these situations like we're in right now for as kind of like a wake up for people to go, okay, maybe we should have invested a little more time and resources into our communications, both on the PIO and media side, and then also on the, the social media side, because you have to have both. And you have some people that relied a little too heavily on the social media and then weren't as good on the media side and vice versa. So um, yeah, it's, it's such an important thing. And it's a big, it's one of the major elements of, um, of ICS, of emergency preparedness. And um, it's just too often overlooked, I think. Yeah, certainly. I, you know, you, you mentioned planning there. We're also seeing a very similar thing around business continuity as it relates, you know, to the pandemic. And you know, all of a sudden, you have the whole of the office working from home. And you know, we had one of our customers recently say, "We had planned for a percentage. You know, we tested for a percentage of the workforce to go home. You know, the usual ten percent, fifteen percent, whatever it may be. And that worked. That always worked out fine. But we had never tested a hundred percent being home." And so, uh, you know, more work was certainly required. So um, I, I, see the, I see the pain points there as it relates to communications too. Um, so as, as it, you know, as I touched on the pandemic there, what are some of the specific uh, communication-related challenges that your customers have been facing as it relates to the pandemic? I think probably the most, um, I would say the things that stand out the most that are the most challenging is standing up, standing out above the noise. There is so much noise on social media right now. I mean, and it's hard for me because my job requires me to stay in tune with what's going on, what people are saying, doing social listening, I'm staying in tune with the news. So I rely on digital platforms, but I also get burned out and I'm like, man, it's yeah. so hard for content to stand out. There's so much junk on there now. You don't know what's correct and what's not. So how do you make your content stand out above the noise? How do you work with the algorithm to get your content seen? Because if you're putting content out there, but nobody's seeing it, what's the point? Right. So I think that that's the challenge is people don't have the, haven't had the ability to put out quality content. So that's what it's going to take for your content to get seen and it to not look repetitive. Because I know for a while, every time there was an announcement, everyone posted the same graphic, everyone posted the same caption and it got repetitive and it got old. So people were completely missing the stories because they're thumbing through going, oh my gosh, I've seen this 50 times. Right. So they got over it. They got over seeing a talking head every day behind a podium in a suit. And now where are people going to go? Now they're over social media. They're not seeing your noise. They're, they're not seeing your, your message. Now, where are they going to go? Do you have a website in place? Do you use the, a traditional old school digital newsletter? Do you work with the media to get your information out? You know, do you have various methods in place? And that has been challenging where I've been seeing a lot of the clients that I've been working with, their current strategies were not sufficient. And now they're having to subcontract out and hire people like me and other PR professionals to come in and help them because they were just not adequately prepared. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Now, the other side of it that I'm seeing is they don't know how to handle the responses and the inquiries. 
So they post something and people are very opinionated. They're very concerned. There's a lot going on between the pandemic and the protest. And you're literally used to maybe getting a handful of comments on your regular traditional content. Now you're getting dozens and even hundreds. So how do you manage that? How do you say the right thing? How do you not offend somebody? How do you even spend the time to sit there and sift through all of these messages? Yeah, that, there's big, big challenges. Um, you, you mentioned the protests there. Um, have there been, uh, you know, I'm sure some police departments around the country were, were not ready for, you know, the fast and furious movement of, of the protests uh, that were going on around the country. They, they seem to, you know, pop up very quickly and, and you know, continued at a rapid scale. Um, you know, were there any police departments out there that did not have communication plans or any, any challenges around that? Because I know you've worked um, with police departments quite extensively. Right. That's actually um, law enforcement and government agencies are my primary client base. And I would have to say that, unfortunately, the majority of law enforcement agencies out there we're not adequately prepared and have not been responding appropriately to the protest situation. Um, and again, they don't know how to address it. Um, it's, you know, kind of one of those sensitive topics that people are very opinionated about and they, and they're, they're staffing. A lot of times what, what I find is that you have maybe a police officer doing their social media and their media relations as an ancillary duty. So when, you're dealing with a crisis, of course, responding to the crisis, you know, boots on the ground is going to take precedence. So now that person, because they're doing double duty, because it's an ancillary assignment, now they're getting pulled to deal with the protest. Now who's going to run your social media? Right. Because they didn't have a team in place. They didn't have somebody that does it full time that's proficient and well-trained in it. Um, they don't have somebody to make videos or to go on live and give people updates so the staffing has been probably the biggest issue because I would have to say the vast majority are doing it as an ancillary assignment. Um, and they just, I've seen a lot of agencies just say nothing about it. They don't know what to say and they don't have the ability to manage the response. So they're just going silent, which is not what you want to be doing. No, I mean, no. people are, are looking to you for answers. They're wondering you know, what are you doing? What resources are available? Am I safe? Um, where do you stand on these issues? And you're going silent. And that is probably one of the worst things that you could do. But unfortunately, I'd say it's probably more common um, than not. Yeah, it surprises me, um, you know, even back as far as Hurricane Sandy, which is, you know, I mean, still a, a while back now, um, very early on, um, I was told a story uh, by the uh, New York emergency management folks about uh, they had one lady at the time who was doing social media and it was mainly Twitter back then a little bit of Facebook but it was mainly Twitter and um, she actually helped a number of people or she helped the you know the um, I think in this one particular story the fire department get into a certain area uh, that had been devastated uh, by the hurricane um, because um, somebody was tweeting this is where I am can you come and get me um, but they, they just had one person for the whole of New York at, at that point in time. Um, so it seems like we should have come you know, a lot further from that point in time, but, but it doesn't sound like we have. Yeah, and you know, I really think, and I've said this to a lot of people who've reached out to me asking for my opinions and assessment on the situation, 
I really think this is a true wake up call and a test for the profession. This is where you either rise to the occasion or you're going to show your inadequacies as an individual and as an organization. And people are being called out for it. They're being called out for not saying anything. They're being called out for putting out incorrect information. They're being called out for not providing information. I had actually just talked to somebody today about an agency. I want to say it's in New York. Um, I hadn't researched it yet because I just heard about it that is involved in litigation because they are not providing captions on their videos mm. and there's an accessibility issue. Now, how many agencies do you see out there putting captions on their videos? Right. Very few, right. very, very few. Um, Facebook has been recently um, introducing where they're doing automatic captions, mm -hmm. but I can tell you from experience, um, they're <laughs> very <Not> incorrect. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually caught one for an agency that actually had profanity in it <laughs> and um, a government official was speaking and they translated it to have profanity and it was mistranslated. Um, so, which is a nightmare and completely offensive, but there are agencies who just aren't, aren't prepared. I mean, who, who knows how to people reach out? How do you put on captions? What apps are available? What, you know, yeah. um, how do you edit it? How do you do it where they're embedded versus, um, using, you know, a platform like YouTube and, and Facebook. Um, I mean, there's just a lot to it. And that's just one example of something that people are just not prepared to do that they should be. And like you said, we would have thought that we would have come a lot further, but unfortunately it's out of sight, out of mind. And until the next incident hits, they don't think about it. Mm. Crazy, crazy. Um, so I'd like to know um, if there are any differences between the way you work. It seems like you do a lot of work on the uh, public side, uh, you know, with uh, law enforcement and uh, fire departments. Um, you know, compare that to the work that you do with uh, businesses. What are the major differences between the two? I would say there, there are a lot of differences. There are some similarities as well. I would say that the major differences would be about probably the the content. So crisis communications, that the, the actual content that you're putting out. A lot of times when you're dealing with a critical incident, where you're dealing with an emergency situation, um, when you're dealing with an investigation, the content itself, um, it's difficult because you have to tell a story, capture people's attention, um, keep them informed, provide updates, not violate any, any laws, um, any confidentiality rules, HIPAA, there's a lot of rules that come into play where there's a lot of liability. And it's so surprising to me that people who do your social media, media relations, they literally have the ability to destroy your organization's reputation if they, if they make a, a mishap. And we've seen that time and time again, where somebody says the wrong thing, posts the wrong thing, and it really is a huge detriment to the organization. And with such a high, high risk, there's such a small focus on investing in it, um, which is just kind of strange to me. But you have to be well-trained on the laws and the legal side of it. So I would say that that's probably the biggest difference and challenge with the public safety and government clients is the, li is the liability, the risk factor um, of the content and the type of content. It's hard to tell a story without it sounding like a dictated police report. 
because that's usually how people write. Um, It sounds, they use all the jargon and the, you know, abbreviations and cop talk and codes and it's making it sound in a way that, hey, if you called your mom and were explaining to your mom what was going on, how would you tell that story? Um, So that, that's hard. It's, it's a mindset. They speak a certain language in public safety and it's, transitioning that into normal language that people are going to buy into and then also break down that barrier when you come off as so official and so scripted people it's not relatable yeah you don't yeah yeah yeah. exactly there's no human aspect and i think that that's a challenge is people they want you in a class a or sue behind a podium reading a script well people don't respond well to that it's, oh, it's big government again. Oh, you know, they're hiding things. They're reading off of a script and it doesn't come off well. And that's probably, I would say, those would be some of the biggest, biggest challenges. I mean, this, there are some similarities in that you have to provide consistent professional content and updates, regardless of if you are a private business or you're a government or public safety organization. It's so important to put out quality content and also to engage, to respond. Um, it's not a bulletin board that you post up your content or message and then you walk away. Right. It's social media. Social is conversational. Right. It's a two-way conversation and people forget about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, you know, I don't, I don't do it very often, but if there's a really poor service I've had and um, there was one recent, actually the, the one I use as an example I've used before um, is I was coming back from London a number of years ago now and um, my bags got lost and um, I tried the 1-800 number and it was like, you know, you, you have a 40 minute wait or whatever it was. And I was like, okay, well, let, let me, um, let me tweet them and see what they say. And of course I tagged Richard Branson, who had at the time only 2 million followers, but um, <laughs> That's probably, it? Has, probably has 40 million right now, but, uh, but still it worked because within literally five minutes, I had a phone call from them. They took the conversation off of Twitter. They, I gave them my number they call me and they said we're going to search for your bag. And anyway, long story short, <coughs> excuse me, they found the bag and they said we'll deliver it to your house, which they did. And uh, and so yeah, so you can get their attention uh, in some cases far easier through social now. Yeah, and I think that people forget and they they're stuck on this. Oh well, you know, social media is some you know they they don't take it seriously as a professional form to communicate but it's modern day customer service. It's modern day communication. Now, just like with the example that you just provided, instead of people showing up to the police station to voice their concerns or questions or make a complaint, or instead of picking up the phone, oh my gosh, making a phone call, what's that? People don't do that anymore, right? And email, emails are a passe form of communication. It's funny because when I wanna get a hold of people, I'll send them a direct message through social media and get a quicker response than email. because that's modern day communication instead of being against it and going, Oh, well, you know, we're going to use our primary forms of communication. Or if you want to file a complaint or you want to talk to somebody, you got to call email or visit. You have to come to the table. And if that's how they want to communicate, you have to make adjustments. You have to adapt. It's modern day communication. And it's also how your employees and these younger generations communicate. So you're losing out on internal communication benefits as well by not adapting to these new communication styles. Sure. Well, that's great. Um, How often um, do you recommend that your customers go through training once they've implemented 
a communications plan. Um, I guess you know, it, it, you know, there are probably a number of answers to that depending on some specifics. But uh, what what do you usually see out there in terms of that continual, um, you know, updates of training? I know I can speak from personal experience that I do constant, ongoing, informal training. Because I mean, how many times do you open up one of the social media apps and you're like, oh, it looks different. Oh, they made a new change. And you have to be aware of those changes. The default settings change so you can compromise the security of your platforms. Um, maybe there's new tools or resources or you know, stickers or options available that you need to know about. You have to be able to stay on top of trends, stay on top of updates, even just on an informal basis. There's you know, the school of, of YouTube and Google out there <laughs> at yeah. your disposal. Um, there's so many great resources and blogs and newsletters that put information and tips out there. Um, so I am a big believer in ongoing, I would say, informal training. And I do with my clients on the ones that I do consulting with a monthly analysis. So it's almost like debriefing. And when I ran a social media team at my department, we would meet regularly and go, okay, let's look at this last month's activity. What could we have done better? let's debrief this incident. Maybe there's a critical incident that happened and we need to go, okay, could we have done this better? Maybe we should have included this. Hey, we got 10 questions on this topic. Maybe we should include that next time and go through almost like a critical incident debrief right. and go, how could we have done things better? Oh, maybe we should have, you know, maybe we need some stock photos because every time there's this sort of an incident, we don't have a photo to be able to post right. or maybe we need to design a graphic. And then we do some sort of informal training. So that is an ongoing thing because when you get so far behind, if you're not staying on top of things, it's so hard to catch up. Yeah. Now, when it comes to full formal hands-on training, which I definitely recommend, death by PowerPoint and telling you you need to do social media, it doesn't work. No. Hands-on training where you teach and then you have them practice should be done on a formal basis, at least annually for your social media team. Great, well, uh, that's great information. Um, would, would, uh, the audience would probably love to hear a little bit more about the other services you provide before we uh, start to wrap up. So with some of the primary things that I do right now, like I had mentioned, I work with law enforcement, um, public safety, government organizations. I also do a lot of work. My, I guess, second largest client pool is law firms. Mm -hmm. uh, because working with the media and utilizing social media on litigation in cases is very important. I think that there's a lot of misinformation out there and there's vital details in cases in, you know, litigation that are missed by the media and you kind of have to become your own media source. Mm -hmm. So I've been, I've been working with a lot of law firms on lawsuits lately and then some small businesses. So as far as the services, it ranges from social media training and consulting to actually social media management where I create and post and manage the content for my clients. Mm -hmm. um, web, web development, a lot of my customers I do um, web, web development for. Branding, so that goes from branding, um, like from a logo to font and color palettes, um, running the whole gamut, especially people who are rebranding or starting up a new business. Mm -hmm. And then media relations. So writing and distributing press releases, coordinating media interviews, facilitating press conferences. Um, so pretty much anything that falls under the PR 
communications and media relations umbrella. Um, that's what I do in different capacities for my clients. Excellent. Well, this has just been wonderful today. I appreciate your time, uh, Tavern. Do you have any final comments for our listeners? And uh, how can they get a hold of you? So just final comments for those of you who work in the profession, who are dealing with communications in some way, shape, or form, whether you are a decision maker or you're the ones doing it yourself. You have to, one, you know, take the time to invest in your personal development. And I mean, there are even some things that I've learned going through this process over the last few months and realizing, hey, I really need to, you know, spend more time learning this skill or this aspect of the profession. So make sure that you're continually investing. Two, have those critical conversations with the decision makers at your agency and go, hey, I'm overwhelmed. I don't have proper training. I don't have proper equipment and I don't have the support staff that I need to be able to do my job efficiently. And I think that's a tough conversation to have, but if you're ever going to have it today or today, now it's going to be the, the key time that you want to do that. And I would say, lastly, don't get burned out. I'm seeing a lot of people who started out on top of their game, putting out content, and then they're just getting so beaten down and worn down by the noise on social media, the community jumping on them, being pulled every direction. Make sure you take care of yourself and make sure that you ask for help when you need it, because this is a very, very stressful time and a stressful profession. So please make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, as far as where to follow me, I have my website that you can find out more about what I do, tamarinolden.com. Um, so just first and last name, Tamarin, T-A-M-R-I-N, Olden, O-L-D-E-N.com. And that's also my handle across all the platforms, Tamarin Olden. So feel free to reach out. If you have any questions, I have lots of people that just reach out. Hey, Tamarin, what app do you recommend for this? How would you handle this situation? Or, hey, someone commented this on my post. And I just help them out, you know, just to, just to help support the profession and support what people are doing. So please don't hesitate to reach out and ask me, and I would love to be a resource. Fantastic. And we'll put uh, some of those details with regards to your bio and uh, your website in the show notes. So we'll make sure we get that out. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, and thank you again for your time today, Tamarin. I hope you have a good rest of your day. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You do. Take care. Well, that wraps up uh, episode 75 already of the Prepared X podcast. I encourage you to try and rate us on iTunes if you can or any of the other outlets where you're listening to us today. If you're listening via our website, just uh, send us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, until next time, have a safe and productive day. Take care. Mm-hmm.